check him. Welcome to the Absolute State, a podcast by the investigative shit posters at Left Coast Right Watch. Each week, we'll plunge headline first into the dangerously absurd and the absurdly dangerous. I'm LCRW's editor in chief, Abner Hauge. Well, folks, it's been a while, but we're back. We've got a backlog of material for future editions of the show, and slowly but surely, we're getting back on schedule. This week, me and Borman will talk about our time covering Straight Pride Modesto, back at the end of August. But first, brace yourselves, listeners, for What the Fuck Arizona. Haley from Arizona Right Wing Watch has a quick rundown on TPUSA. Who are they? What do they want? Why is Charlie Kirk's face like that? Let's find out. So, Haley, what do we have this week? Well, we're kind of like hitting a lot of things. I went to the Ron DeSantis rally that was here, which was sponsored by Turning Point USA. <laughs> well, do you want to know about Turning Point USA? Yes, I do want to know about Turning Point USA. I didn't realize a lot of people don't really know what Turning Point USA is. Like, a lot of people know what Charlie Kirk is. <laughs> Yeah. But if you're not around Tipusa, you don't really know who they are as much. Some people know them as Toilet Paper USA. <laughs> Some people know them as TP USA. Yeah. But anyway, they uh, are headquartered in Arizona, so we kind of have to just deal with them. <laughs> they're, like, very involved in our local politics, which they're really not supposed to be because they're a non-profit but they do this thing where they just call themselves turning point action when they want to um do political campaigning okay so turn turning point action is the 504 right yeah there's actually like turning point action turning point faith turning point pack turning point endowment and then turning point usa <laughs> What? Totally not a scam. Not a grift going on. I had a turning point this morning. (laughs) So, if you had to, like, just tell somebody in 30 seconds what TPUSA is, what, what would you tell them? It's like a... Like a, a massive, uh, conservative organization that recruits, like, young kids into conservatism to kind of, like, evangelize their movement, (laughs) if that makes sense. They pretend to be, like, a grassroots thing, but they're, like, funded by super rich conservative and, uh, uh, like, megadonors. Um, and their whole shtick is to kind of, like, recruit teenagers on college campuses to be part of Turning Point USA and preach their good word. <laughs> if you if you ever go to a college, you'll probably see them with a booth. Yeah, they have all these signs that say, like, socialism sucks and stuff like that on them. Yeah. Uh, I thought this was hilarious when I was, um, when I was, like, looking into them. Because uh, you can get their their student um, packets for uh, for free. 
You can order the activism kits for your high schools, homeschools, or colleges. Uh, they're totally free, but you have to agree to, this is what it says, you have to document your activism with pictures and video footage, post photos, stories, earn media hits, and any additional information from your event to social media with uh, has to be accompanied with the hashtag Big Government Sucks. Failure to follow these rules will result in investigation, charges, damages, and prosecution. Okay, so if you don't follow their branding guide, then they'll fucking sue you. <laughs> yeah, so if you want your free activism kit... <laughs> Uh, you have, you have to, like, follow these really rigid rules, or else they'll sue the shit out of you. Which is very TPUSA. Um, so they're kind of like on college campuses, uh, preaching the good wood of conservatism. Uh, they really do come up to you like they're kind of like Jehovah's Witnesses about it. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, would you like to learn the, the good word? about big government spending, <laughs> you know? Oh, dear. Oh, yeah. Um, but they also have some presence in Arizona in um, high schools. Oh, that's worrying. Yeah, because uh, for people who don't know, Turning Point USA is very explicitly, like, anti-LGBT. So there's anti-TP USA student groups here. They're expanding even more. They're going to open up uh, elementary schools. Uh. Christian Turning Point Elementary Schools. Okay, groomer. <laughs> yeah. So. So they are very active here. <laughs> A lot of people might know them also for their professor watch list. Uh, Charlie Kirk and Turning Point USA have like a like a list on their website of professors and school board members and in the UK, just educational teachers, um, who they feel don't promote like American values, AKA like CRT and like LGBT, not hating LGBT kids in their classroom, probably. <laughs> um, and it's been like super controversial because like, yeah, they have a list of, professors that they feel are too leftist. It literally has Angela Davis and Noam Chomsky on it. <laughs> but yeah, they're so they're super involved in the school stuff, or in the school stuff here. They even, like, get involved in local, or, like, school elections, which I thought was super fucking weird. So if they want, like, a certain student to win class president, they'll actually, like, fund that. Not weird. Once again, uh, okay, groomer. <laughs> I know. I, I'm I'm so disturbed. So uh, tell us about this recent event you went to with them. Oh, one more thing. They okay. also got in trouble for having a troll farm. And it wasn't a Russian troll farm. It was just a good old Arizona troll farm. And they paid a bunch of kids to... They paid teenagers uh, to run their troll farm. Like, TPUSA is seriously like, let's just use children. You know? So, they're an all-American, fingers-in-every-pie organization that uses child labor vigorously. Yeah, because, like, okay, so there's Turning Point USA, which is just this, like, 
nonprofit organization, supposedly nonprofit. Um, but like Charlie Kirk comes here and like hosts, uh, with Tipusa under the Tipusa sponsorship, uh, like, like church events. Like he, he does sermons at like a big mega church here. Um, and then they have like a ton of kind of micro influencers that also live here. Um, and they all have like daily podcasts and, um, kind of like a little influencer circle themselves. So they cover like literally like celebrity gossip. <laughs> really? Politics, obviously. Yeah, it's called Poplitics with Alex Clark. She's a cute servative. And they're, uh, what, what is this? They have, they have like little nicknames for all that. Yeah. And then there's like a sports one called Breakaway. Again, it covers sports, but of course they have to hate LGBT people while covering sports. During Pride Month, there was a, a commercial on the tennis channel that had a drag queen in it and the Tipusa sports show was trying to get that canceled. Cool. So it's, yeah. Uh, Jack, uh, Jack Pizzagate, um, <laughs> Pasobiec. Um, he has a show on there. And then, like, yeah, they have shows that are, like, about the fucking Federal's Papers, and Charlie Kirk also has a daily three-hour show. So they're kind of, like, constantly pushing out content, conservative content. And then they host four major youth conferences across the country every year, and Arizona gets one. We get America Fest, which is, um... Yeah, that was a good time. Yeah. I went to that. That was insane. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's TPUSA, basically. They're just kind of like an all-encompassing conservative group that claims non-profit, even though they probably shouldn't, because they make, like, tens of millions of dollars a year. Pain. <laughs> um, so tell us about this TPUSA thing you went to. Okay, so... Obviously, they host their, like, youth conferences, but they also just sponsor, like, a ton of shit in general. Um, Trump came here, like, last year, and it was actually sponsored by them. Like, it was technically a turning point rally featuring Trump. So this was their turning point rally featuring Ron DeSantis, who's currently doing, like, a little tour with them. It's called the... Unite to Win rally? Or a tour? Unite to Win tour. The whole point of the rally was kind of like to stump for Carrie Lake, obviously. And Blake Masters. But also kind of be like, alright, this is what we're doing, Republican states. We're gonna start kind of following the DeSantis method. So you think they're like trying to uncouple themselves from Trump a little bit? Um, yeah, there was like less... Uh, Trump horniness and a lot of DeSantis horniness. Um, like, I mean, I still don't know what's gonna happen with Trump. Is he gonna run for president? Is DeSantis gonna be his VP pick? Is DeSantis gonna run for president? Who knows? But I think a lot of people like what DeSantis is selling on the conservative side. Even if they're not fully over Trump. And I think it is a bit worrying as a governor, like, that they're kind of propping him up as this, um, governor that people should admire, because he fucking sucks. 
He's uh, probably one of the most fascist fucks in the 50 states, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, don't say gay, Bill, all of that stuff. Yeah, they're, um, you know, stopping uh, medical providers from um, helping their trans patients receive uh, gender-affirming care, and even adults. Um, he, he's, he's, a, he's a piece of shit. But uh, that's something to admire with the Republicans. <laughs> so um, the whole point of the rally was kind of like, all right, let's get Carrie in, and then she's going to follow the DeSantis way. She'll be the DeSantis of the West, was actually what they said. Wow. Um, yeah. That's interesting, because I remember reading like a lot of people's comparing her positively to like Trump like even 6 months ago or something so who knows maybe the tides are changing not in a good way yeah yeah cuz like okay i'll say even though obviously this was a uh you know a rally for DeSantis um it, it wasn't like a Trump rally at all. Like, there just wasn't the same energy. Um, I actually went a couple hours before it started, and there wasn't even a line yet. And if that was a Trump rally, it would have been a line last week. <laughs> right. And also, DeSantis is super fucking boring. The audience wasn't even into him. A couple of people around me left. He just kind of rambles and talks. Oh. Like, he doesn't have energy. He's just kind of like, I uh, did the Don't Say Gay Bill, and we're also going to do that here, right? Like, it's just really kind of plain. Yeah, he's not charismatic, is he? No, and he kind of tries to do the Trump hand movements, but he's, like, not energetic, so he's just kind of moving his hands a lot. <laughs> uh, did you see Carrie get, like, weirdly horny? Um, <laughs> like, horny posting on Maine about him? at the rally when she was saying he had like big balls and then she's like do you guys know what big dick energy is oh god that's what that was about yeah she was asking the audience if they knew what bde meant and that went viral but nobody in the audience got it because it was like an older audience and then blake masters even though i've heard that dude speak like several times give the same speech over and over he couldn't get a speech out. Really? Yeah, he flubbed it. He forgot his lines. <laughs> it was really funny. He was like, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> wow. But yeah, there wasn't like much going on. No vendors. There was only one table. And they had both DeSantis 2024 shit and Trump 2024 shit. <laughs> so like even the vendors of the DeSantis thing were hedging their bets? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Trump's definitely running again, then. <laughs> it's just, uh, still his party, I think. Yeah. I think they're, they're into DeSantis, but they want him as, like, a VP. Yeah, he's, like, an upgrade from Mike Pence for these people. Yeah, because if Trump does want to run, which I don't even know at this point, it's like... <laughs> Um, like, he, he's obviously not going to pick Pence. Yeah. So. Maybe Carrie Lake. I wouldn't be surprised. 
Yeah. Because... I mean, she's like a better at being Sarah Palin, Sarah Palin at this point. Yeah. <laughs> they were talking about the raid a lot, and I thought something funny that Charlie Kirk said was um, he he was like trying to say that the raid at or like the the FBI search at Mar-a-Lago was like he was like this is this is about you, and he's like this is a raid against you, and this is a raid against your values. <laughs> It was really funny. <laughs> Did that seem to rile people up? Yeah, they were incensed about the raid, or not like FBI search, like the search of the document. The, when they recovered the documents, the the classified documents at Mar-a-Lago, um, they were pretty incensed about it because it had just happened like two days before. Charlie Kirk said it was it was worse than third world stuff. It was actually fourth world stuff. Interesting. Made up. Made up term. Yeah. Yep. That's Charlie. <laughs> That's great. Well. Um, it was also storming really bad, so all the merch got flipped over. Oh my god, and there was no water. Okay, this always fucking happens. Every Trump fucking event, I feel like I'm telling you how it was fucked up in some way, but... There was no water being sold. Like, you're obviously not allowed to bring it in because it's elected officials, so they make you clear everything out. But they weren't even offering water in the venue, which is actually, like, not allowed in Arizona. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Good old turning point. At the end, too, Charlie was like, we didn't charge for this event, so you guys should donate to us. Cool. <laughs> or they just... Let you die of dehydration out there. Yeah. And the drinking fountains were broken, so there was literally nothing. That's insane. Mm-hmm. So that was that event. It was not as exciting as a normal um, Trump event, but it still sucked. And so also, Carrie's, like... She was talking about her plan to tackle homelessness, is how she words it. And, like, the plan is literally just to ban being homeless. Like, ban public camping. Which isn't really a plan. Oh, so basically do what the Democrats are doing. <laughs> yeah. Ban it. Okay, so, Carrie's, like, behind in the polling. The Democrat candidate for governor doesn't want to debate. They're doing the, like, we're just kind of going to ignore each other till the election thing. And I was wondering how, how you think that's going to work out. And I don't think it's the worst strategy ever. Well, at least he's not giving her more opportunity to say crazy shit. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, Katie Hobbs is the Democrat. Um, she's currently in office as the Secretary of State and, like, was the subject of all the conspiracies during the audit. They were kind of, like, hyper-focusing on her. Um, it's kind of like a localized... Like Hillary Clinton, I feel like. Like, they're like, let's make up a bunch of conspiracies about this lady. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was like, I wonder, I was, does not debating someone like Carrie help or hurt? Because it's like, are the debates helpful to get, like, you and your message out there? Or is it more harmful to, like, let someone like Carrie, like, just kind of spew a bunch of nonsense on stage for an hour? I mean, I think the debates 
kind of hurt Trump last time. Because, like, he just looked weak. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, Biden said, shut up, man, or whatever. People were like, oh, Trump didn't shit all over him like he did with Jeb Bush. He's not being based or whatever. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. I just really don't want Carrie to win. The bar is so low for everything. (laughs) I know. We've just all lowered our expectations a lot. I know, literally. That's fun. Mm -hmm. Thank you once again for enlightening us. Alright, where can folks find you and your work? You can just find me on Twitter. I'm Arizona Rightwing Watch, which is AZ underscore RWW. I do have a Patreon, but you don't have to you don't have to do that. There's nothing on there. We will link to that in the show notes. And um all listeners are strongly encouraged to donate. Thanks again to Haley, who we hope you will support with a recurring donation at patreon.com slash AZRWW or with a one-time donation on Cash App at dollar sign AZRWW. Lastly, me and Borman are going to give you a brief rundown of how Modesto Straight Pride went this year. Let's go to that. We're here in the car, actually on our way back from Modesto. Straight Pride was supposed to be happening today, but it never did, and instead we had an outburst of Queer Pride that scared the Modesto Police Department so much that they had to break the entire thing up. So, this is not a fully thought out report, but we just wanted to give you our first impressions. Yeah, so, my first impression was, I thought it was good. Got there at maybe 9.30ish, and we thought, oh shit, there's already like 40 people here. Yeah, it was just really organized from the get-go. It it started out rough for me, though. On a personal note, like, every year before this, except for the first one, it was like... I was driving to Modesto, I wouldn't have, I didn't sleep well the night before, this time I didn't even sleep, and um, we were going knowing that there weren't going to be that many people there counter-protesting, and there was going to be a shit ton of Proud Boys, and that completely flipped this year, for the first time since before the pandemic. Because you were there in 2020 and 2021, right? That's right. And 2020 was, I mean, 2020 was really bad. It was like a huge show of force for the local militias and shit. There was like at least 200, 250 people there from local militias. Yeah, I think they were hoping for like a Rittenhouse rerun or something. Yeah, well, infamously... uh, Josh Fulfer, a.k.a. Cum Guy, was wearing a Kyle Rittenhouse t-shirt that year. Like, it was a week after the shooting had happened, and he had this shirt that said Kyle Rittenhouse American Hero on. And, um, I remember posting video of him wearing the shirt, and, uh, fucking Lincoln Project stole the video from me. (laughs) But this year was interesting, There was a lot of well-thought-out, good organizing behind the scenes. Um, And a lot of people came out. Yeah, when when we pulled up this morning, 
if you're not familiar with Straight Pride, and Modesto is in the Central Valley of California. It's it's a mostly agricultural area, pretty much Trump country. That's why they hold it there because you know they feel safe. It's their home territory. So uh, when we pulled in this morning, there were 30 or 40 people, and they had four or five different banners, and it just looked like a pride party was taking place on the sidewalk at 9 a.m. Everybody had these beautifully painted banners. There was a food tent, there was a snack tent, everything was looking really, really organized, and those numbers grew as the, as the morning went on. Yeah, I think it was about, I want to say it was like about 150 to 200 people at the end of what was uh, one very early nerve-wracking moment was um, there was a bunch of people in like orange safety vests who came marching by and we thought oh shit that's uh, the straight pride people because in the past they've you know tried to do the whole yellow vest thing and stuff like that um god that's a throwback isn't it but um that turned out to be this whole contingent from this like uh Revcom-ish group called PSL. Um, the Party of Socialism and Liberation. Yeah, the, those guys. Yeah. So, you know, they showed up. They There was a lot of them. Uh, they bolstered the numbers. Yeah, um, a bit before they showed up, I, I would guess quarter to ten, ten o'clock. By that stage, there were maybe 60 or 75 different queer people, trans people, a- allies, and people who were, were just like sick of fascists. Then these this small number of people appeared across the street. They had a sign about Jesus and they wanted people to repent and there were three people with cameras and one guy with a megaphone and he just started yelling across the street and telling everybody that they were going to go in the pit unless they, they embraced Jesus. And he was really, really upset about it. He was so sad and so mad. One funny thing that happened to him was his uh, Jesus sign was uh, on a pole, and uh, according to the city ordinances in Modesto, you can't really have a, a pole holding up your sign, and so they took that away from him. And the cops tried to come up to the the uh, anti-fascist side, for lack of a better word. Oh, that's right. They, they There was a couple of people that were wearing t-shirts over their heads uh, to keep the sun off as much as anything else. Yeah. And the cops were upset because that wasn't a medical mask, and they didn't think it was appropriate. Yeah, well, they have this regulation where you can't wear masks or some stupid shit. You can't wear anything in Modesto. Like, you can't wear masks, which is actually illegal under California law, and has been since, I think, uh, about 1979. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's a well-established legal precedent that you have a you have a right to wear a mask in public because you want to be anonymous because uh, you want to engage in political speech. It's a very, very clear precedent. But they argue against it in Modesto, and of course they don't want people bringing any kind of weapons, but their definition of a weapon is very broad. So nobody is allowed to bring an umbrella, even though it's blazingly hot sun down here. They definitely don't want people wearing body armor or helmets. That's scary, and anybody who showed up in body armor would be risking arrest. They think that that counts as a kind of incitement to riot. Anyway, yeah, after the police came along and uh, told the Jesus guy that he could have his sign, but not the pole that he was using to hold it 10 feet up in the air, shortly after that, PSL guys came by and they put on pretty big numbers. Uh, There were people coming from 
uh, all over Northern California, really. There was a lot of people who came down from the Bay Area. There were people who came down from Sacramento. Daryl Lamont Jenkins, who runs Idavox, a very famous anti-racist project, he flew in from out of state. He flew in from the East Coast for this. Okay, uh, so big shout out to Daryl, and thanks for showing up again. Anyway, as the day went on, I would say the numbers of people who were who were there to protest on behalf of queer pride, trans pride, abortion rights, and just general freedom swelled up to 150, maybe 170. It was getting up towards 200 people. It was hard to keep count. It was a high-spirited gathering, but a well-organized one. Nobody stepping off the sidewalk, Nobody, no antagonism, anything like that. But that changed a few minutes past 11 o'clock. It was the damnedest thing. I was in the middle of interviewing Daryl, and he just said, well, you know, we don't know what's going to happen yet. So they marched, like, south towards us past the Wendy's. Immediately there was a fight that started. I was running across the street. I, I, I didn't see this at all. Yeah, well, I, I did. I saw the whole th- damn thing. So, fight started. A bunch of the crowd pushed out to go like an amoeba to go crack these guys in the jar or whatever they were going to do. And all these chuds just went scrambling and running away. And by that time most of the crowd had just gone, alright, well, they're going away. Yeah. And the only people still following them are always media. So, of course, I was still following them, because I wanted to get a good picture of what these guys looked like and see if they Mm -hmm. said anything crazy. And while I was following them, when one of them turns around to start shouting, there's a motorcycle cop right there in the middle of the road, and somebody starts throwing fireworks at them. Like, somebody threw a smoke bomb, it landed near a bush or in a bush, and another person threw some firework that exploded in all directions at one of the Chud's feet. A really big one, or...? Uh, like a, I don't know, maybe a medium-sized one, maybe Roman candle-sized oh, I have my doubts about the uh, tactical effectiveness of fireworks. Yeah. It's enjoyable, but I've never seen them actually produce a really good result. Yeah, I mean, because what immediately happened was it ratcheted up the cops like three or four more levels to the point where they immediately went, okay, that's it, unlawful assembly, we're declaring an unlawful assembly. What had actually happened was, and this was something that I didn't realize at the time, but I should have realized it, while Jesus guy was yelling his, you know, inane sermon from across the street, People were, like, yelling back at him or mocking him or whatever. That was actually just a distraction. While that distraction was going on, the Proud Boys were inching towards us southwards down the street. But lo and behold, there were already 40 police and sheriff's departments uh, officers there in full riot gear with helmets, uh, visors, head-to-toe body armor, three-foot heavy batons, the whole nine yards. They also had gas guns to shoot pepper balls. They had shotguns with beanbag rounds. It takes more than a minute to get into all that riot gear, so it wasn't like... Somebody threw a firework and the police got upset and then later showed up dressed for action. They were already there with the barricade, with all of their munitions, with a plan to shut the protest down, and they swung into action immediately. Immediately. 
Yeah, so they declared an illegal assembly within 60 seconds of the person throwing that firework. They were really eager to push up right against the crowd as soon as they could. They immediately started moving the line and with all the cops yelling like, move back and thrusting their batons out. They were all quite far away from people. I would say, what, like uh, 10, 15 yards? Yeah, about 15 yards. Yeah, so there, there was nobody for them to push back, but they were, you know, they were just uh, engaging in an immediately uh, aggressive display. They kept moving along, and then they decided to start moving into the parking lot of the Planned Parenthood, and that was where they actually came in contact with the people who had come out to demonstrate. The demonstrators had really, really great self-discipline. People held their ground, they yelled back at the cops. They didn't engage in any aggression towards them. All the aggression came from the police side. And very quickly it started getting spicy. They began using the gas gun and firing pepper balls onto the ground. And they fired them in volume. At that point, they got really up in our faces. I got a bunch of baton heads straight away. I was just standing there. Nobody was pushing up against them or baiting them, but they were very, very much looking for a conflict. Yeah, I mean, it felt like Portland cops to me. Portland cops 2020. They were certainly as aggressive as cops that I've seen in Oakland and Berkeley, but much more impatient. They seemed to take the existence of the demonstration as, as something that was personally offensive to them. They just seemed angry about it, basically. They were just so furious that people weren't immediately obeying their orders. Well, we had the police moving towards us and yelling, move back, move back, move back. Meanwhile, behind us, we had the Party of Socialism and Liberation, who were drumming loudly and chanting. And I got to say, it was pretty weird that we had all these people behind us, uh, you know, that they decided, like, hey, let's chant whose streets, our streets. While we're fucking getting beaten. Yeah, so what they actually did was they stood in the back and chanted while... The, the people at the front... Mostly uh, queer people. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly, who had been there from the outset, who had showed up, like, starting at 9 in the morning. At least five people needed medical attention for bruises and cuts. One person was hit in the temple by a beanbag round, which is incredibly dangerous. That person was knocked unconscious and had to be dragged away. So while the police were engaging in all this aggression, there are these chants going on from behind. It's keeping the crowd energy high, but not actually helping. Yeah, at that point, demonstrators banked across the road and got onto the sidewalk on the next block, which was in front of a, a car dealership or a truck dealership, right? Yeah, it was a car dealership, and people kind of scattered through that and reformed. Yeah. So then the police decided that they were going to close the whole street, even though none of the demonstration had been spilling out into the street. No, no, very few people got into the street. Most of the people who got into the street were media like me. Yeah. And, um... This is a large street. It's a uh, four-lane street. Yeah, and it, it's the main north-south axis in uh, downtown Modesto. So police decided, well, this was a good time to just close the street. And they started to extend their line all the way across the street, and with four lanes, that, that took that took about half of the police line. That yeah. took 20 or 25 cops to uh, to block off the entire street. Oddly enough, they brought a tractor in to close off one end. Of oh, that's right, yeah. They, 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 had a, they had a full-size backhoe there. Why? Nobody knows. 
and then that made it much easier for the police to advance and just start pushing people as a, a blob and pushing them up the street. At that point, we just said, okay, this is just going to be another march to nowhere. Yeah, we went back to the car at that point. We drove a, a few blocks. We stopped at Roosevelt Park to chill out, drink some water, uh, get rid of the taste of the pepper spray. Yeah, and then what do we hear? We started to hear the PSL group. We heard their march approaching, and we heard the police telling them that they couldn't be on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. And so then PSL... Uh, went into Roosevelt Park, uh, held a little victory rally for themselves. Some very stirring speeches. Apparently PSL destroyed, like, defeated the Third Reich. Did you know that? So they defeated the Third Reich. They're going to defeat ICE somehow. They plugged their own newspaper to themselves. We just about had enough, and I'd gotten a tip that the Proud Boys and uh, all the other bigots were in front of some other clinic on uh, Coffee Street, which, for some reason, Modesto has a street called Coffee Street. We we go drive around, we see about 30 Proud Boys and other bigots. You know, we didn't get that good of a shot from the car of them doing their thing, so... That's my fault. <laughs> so we go around a second time, and... Um, there's a stop sign, there's a few cars in front of us. So there's three Proud Boys on the corner, and they have just enough time to notice us filming them. And one of them starts running towards us. Now, alright. He was so upset. He was Poor boy. But, but, but picture this in your heads, dear listeners. A Proud Boy with, like, knuckle UFC gloves on and his stupid polo shirt and his gator and all of that and he has his arms like chicken arming like right above his tits with like two clenched fists right above his tits and he's running at us going hey hey what are you guys doing or something like that it was kind of incoherent yeah he was like he knew he had a line planned for this fantasy. Oh, but he couldn't remember it? But he couldn't remember Oh, that's tragic. So tragic. Hey, uh, like, guy, if you're listening, like, if you want to tweet at us and, you know, like, tell us what you would have said now that you've had a few days to, like, you know, relive the experience or and think, think about what you wanted to say, like, t- tweet that shit at us. We, we, like, we love it. Yeah, we'll do a dramatic reading um, give us your real name and your address, and we'll read those out too. Uh, just go ahead. I don't know what he was gonna do. He was gonna, like, have a fist fight with our car or something. I think he just smacked the car with a water bottle. Oh, man, I hope the water bottle's okay. Yeah, pour one out for that water bottle. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then we, uh, we drove down and went past the, the rest of the straight pride demonstrators. I gotta tell you folks, they were, they were pretty low energy. They, their hearts just did not seem to be in it. A couple of them were, like, holding the sign with one hand and flipping us off with the other. Oh, we got flipped off? Yeah, we got flipped off. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh. By the way, should I read off the, the questions I was going to ask the Proud Boys? Sure. We were going to ask them, one, do you guys really not jack off? Two, isn't it weird that you are super into America, but you're letting a Canadian tell you not to jack off? Three, 
does the no jacking off rule get suspended if you go to jail? It's gone in a really weird direction. I, I'm just saying to all of our listeners, if you see a Proud Boy, can you ask them those questions? So, to wrap up, it could have been a better day. We did pick up bumps and scrapes and bruises. Yeah, at the end of the day, um, this was a kind of a tactical loss in a way, only because, like, the anti-racist, anti-bigot crowd did not hold the space successfully. But it was a strategic victory because the story of the day was a bunch of queer people showed up and they got beaten with batons and chemical weapons by cops. Going into this, all the talk was about, like, straight pride in Modesto in 2022. By the end of the day, nobody gave a shit about straight pride. Yeah. It was actually about queer and trans and abortion freedom demonstrators who stood up to some brutal and unnecessary policing and walked away with their heads held high. It's flipped the script this year. Straight pride is pretty much over. Their their event didn't even register on the scale. And I can't that as a win. As do I. We have a full episode talking about straight pride and its background in the works, so look forward to that. And that's it for this week's edition. A few quick notes as we wrap up. First, thanks to Shane Burley, Alexander Reed Ross, Mike Crenshaw, and the crew at Powell's Books in Portland, who let me join them last week for a panel to launch Shane's new anthology, No Passeran. I wrote an essay for the book, and we'll link to it in the show notes. We'll have audio from the panel discussion up as a future show. I'm doing a fundraiser for travel to do election coverage in Arizona the week of November 8th. Link to that in, you guessed it, the show notes. Lastly, you can come say hi to me personally the weekend before Thanksgiving at Reno Punk Rock Flea Market. That's the 18th and 19th in beautiful Sparks, Nevada at The Generator. We'll be tabling next to Truckee Meadows' John Brown Gun Club and have the very first Tales from LCRW zine for sale, along with exclusive stickers. Check out rprfm.org. The Absolute State and all Left Coast Right Watch journalism is supported by listeners and readers like you. If you want to help, you can set up a recurring donation at patreon.com slash lcrw. Or check out our pin tweet at LCRW News on Twitter. Your donations keep the lights on, and so does your feedback and sharing our stories with others. Thanks again to all our supporters. Until next time, don't despair. Prepare. And Dino's eating my shorts again. Dino, stop that. <laughs>